So we have this group of friends that we would get up sometimes at four in the morning. And at that point, the temple was still fresh and new. And we could go at 4 a.m. to the baptistry and do baptisms as much as we wanted. So we would go at one point, I think we were going once a week before school and we would go do baptisms for the dead in the, in the temple. And then we would spend the rest of our day at school. Hi, I'm Jerrica. And I'm Claire. Welcome back to another episode of Temple Tours. Our goal is to virtually take you to Latter-day Saint temples around the world. We discuss the history of each area, little known facts, architectural symbolism, and we like to include at least one story submitted by you, our listeners. So if you have an experience that you'd like to share about your special temple, please email us at ldstempletours at gmail.com. Today, we are also joined by McKenna and Daryl, who will share their stories. But first, we need to tell you a little about this temple. During the summer of 1850, Stephen Chipman, his son William Henry, Aris Adams, and his son Nathan were on their way to Fort Provo to trade when they decided to camp overnight under cottonwood trees along the American Fork Creek. The trees in the lush meadows convinced them to keep their livestock there. A few months later, Matthew Caldwell, who was a part of the Mormon battalion, with his wife and three children and cattle, relocated to the area. The community quickly grew, and within only a few years, they were building a fort on about 37 acres of land. The land, with its rivers, proved to be a great place to raise cattle and farm. The first ward was organized less than a year after Chipman and Adams stopped under the cottonwood trees in May of 1851. American Fork grew quickly at first, however, it slowed in the 1900s as more people moved to already larger city centers like Salt Lake City. Today, American Fork has about 33,000 residents. The Mountain Benogas Temple was announced on October 3, 1992. At the time of the announcement, the church had not yet decided where it would be exactly, so the temple was announced as the Utah County Temple. It wasn't until April General Conference of 1993 that the location was announced. Though the temple was built in American Fork, Utah, it is one of the few temples not named after its location. The temple gets its name from the 12,000-foot mountain, Mount Timpanogos, nearby. Ground was broken another six months later on October 9, 1993, by President Gordon B. Hinckley. It's estimated that more than 16,000 people attended the ceremony on that crisp morning. President Hinckley assured Utah County residents that the new temple would relieve the Provo, Utah Temple. During the ceremony, President Hinckley said, This is the greatest era in the history of the world, in the building of temples. There has never been another season like this in the construction of the houses of the Lord. Of the 45 operating temples which we now have, more than half have been constructed and dedicated in the past 12 years. We are moving across the world to extend the blessings and privileges of temple service to the faithful saints of this church, wherever they may be found. And this is a part of that great process. During the groundbreaking service, President Monson encouraged members to make sacrifices to build the mountain Binogas Temple. He shared a letter he had received from a boy living in American Fork. It read, quote, I am so excited to have a temple in our city. Primary taught me that primary boys and girls helped with the temples. I want to help with the Mountain Monogas Temple. I hope I can help and that you will tell me how at the groundbreaking services. President Monson gave several suggestions and finished by saying that 
any contribution of any boy or any girl or any man or woman makes toward this temple financially or otherwise will be to his or her eternal benefit. Many gave time and substance to the building of the temple. One family consisting of five children, 28 grandchildren, and one great-grandchild donated sod from their family sod farm. They helped lay the sod on the massive 16.7-acre lot for several nights in a row. Other members in the area joined them. Students from American Fork High School Seminary built a 10-foot model of the temple out of popsicle sticks. Each student who memorized 10 scripture verses got to add a stick with their name to the temple. And then another thing that we would do with that temple that we just loved Um, Every Sunday evening after dinner, we would all walk up the hill and go up to the temple and and gather on the temple grounds. And it started with a a smaller group, maybe a couple dozen of us, maybe. And um, we would just do temple singing. We would just go and somebody would start singing a hymn and we would all join in. And we would just stand on the temple grounds and feel the spirit and sing hymns. And it was really cool. I think... For some, it was a really great excuse to, like, see their friends on the Sabbath. Like, when your parents would tell you, like, no, we're going to stay home today. A lot of a lot of kids kind of used it as an excuse. But it grew to a crazy number of people, and eventually the temple president had to ask us to stop as well because there were so many kids coming. And I'm sure there were just a few there maybe misbehaving and spoiling it for the rest of us. But it was just a really, it was so much fun. It was so, uh, growing up in Southern California, I had been, like my brother and I were the only members at our school. So my friends weren't LDS. Um, And then being there just right at the feet of the temple, it was just a whole new experience to gather together with a ton of other kids my age who all believed what I believed and felt the same way about the temple that I did. And to just be together and feel the spirit was really neat. Before we continue, we would like to remind you that you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Temple Tours Pod. Be sure you're following us for a more visual version of each episode with pictures and videos. If you would like to support us via Patreon, you'll also receive more exclusive content like a weekly after the credits conversation with the host and more to come. That can all be found at patreon.com slash templetourspod. We are so grateful for your support. One sunny summer day during a temple committee meeting, a sister sitting on a bench in the chapel exclaimed that her purse was smoking. The man sitting in front of her felt his hair and realized it was singed. The committee members discovered that the large round window in the chapel had been working as a magnifying glass and with the sun beaming through brought the temperature up to 500 degrees Fahrenheit where the light hit an object. They quickly sandblasted the glass window to help diffuse the light and were grateful they caught it early and well people were present. The placing of the Angel Moroni statue atop temples has traditionally been a big milestone in a temple's construction. The rising of the Angel Moroni statue for the Mount Timpanogos Temple attracted about 20,000 people who stopped traffic on surrounding streets on July 17, 1995. Once the 13-foot, 3-inch gold leaf statue was placed, those 20,000 people spontaneously sang the beloved hymn, The Spirit of God. With the Angel Moroni, the total height of the temple is 190 feet. 
The floor plan of the Mountain Monogas Temple was adapted from the Bountiful Utah Temple, which was under construction around the same time. The 107,000 square foot temple sits on a lot that was once a church-owned welfare farm. When the temple was completed, the church hosted a six-week public temple open house from August 6th to September 21st, 1996. About 680,000 people attended the open house. Children from nearly every congregation in the temple district sang at least once near the front entrance of the temple during the temple open house. The temple dedication lasted a whole week from October 13th to 19th, 1996. President Hinckley dedicated the temple in 27 different dedicatory sessions. During the first session, about 2,900 people were able to attend inside the temple and another 9,000 at participating stake centers and tabernacles in Utah and surrounding counties. Another 27,000 members of the church attended the other two dedicatory sessions that Sunday. It is estimated that 160,000 people attended one of the 27 dedicatory sessions. 52 general authorities spoke, as did the temple presidency and matron. President Hinckley presided over 11 sessions, while Presidents Monson and Faust presided over the other 16, eight each. The cornerstone often acts as a time capsule. The most recent editions of the standard works two books by President Hinckley, photographs of the temple committee, samples of wall coverings and wood moldings used in the temple, brochures and programs advertising the open house, as well as newspaper articles about the temple were all placed in the 20 by 30 inch cornerstone box. So I grew up in Southern California and in, I want to say it was late 1994, my family moved to American Fork, Utah, and uh, we lived just down the street from where the Mount Timpanogos Temple was being built. So when um, the leaves would fall in the wintertime, it was really cool. We'd go up to my parents' second story bedroom window and we could look up the hill. And as long as there weren't leaves on the trees blocking our view, we could see the angel Moroni. And as soon as the temple was finished being built, my friends and I, we had a really great group of friends at that age, we were all temple age, um, still in the young men's and young women's program. My little brother was just a year younger than me. And, and so we had this group of friends that we would get up sometimes at four in the morning. And at that point, the temple was still fresh and new. And we could go at 4 a.m. to the baptistry and do baptisms as much as we wanted. So we would go at one point, I think we were going once a week before school and we would go do baptisms for the dead in the in the temple and then we would spend the rest of our day at school and then pass out the minute we got home. And then after a few years of that, the temple actually, there were so many kids in the area that were doing it that the temple finally had to say, no more of that. We're too busy. You guys have to schedule your appointments. And so that was a bummer, but it was, it was a really cool experience to get to go do that. Deseret News interviewed President L. Edward Brown, who was the temple president in American Fork from 2008 to 2011, and reported that he, quote, was often impressed as he walked into the baptistry around 5 a.m. on a school day and found more than 100 young men and women dressed in their Sunday best, 
reading the scriptures, and waiting their turn to perform baptisms for the dead. The record numbered was 183, and sometimes the temple had to open the doors 30 minutes earlier to accommodate the large numbers so that the youth could get to school on time. Close quote. The temple is currently undergoing a small renovation on the east side. The project will add a new exit for couples who have been sealed so families have a spot to congregate and take pictures without also having other patrons trying to enter the temple. A portion of the men's dressing room will be removed to accommodate the exit. The temple is still open during this minor renovation. And uh, so I've been to that temple twice. Uh, The first time, though... Uh, was the most memorable, I'll say. I had basically, I, I had decided I was moving from Edmonton to Calgary and there was a girl that I liked and we ended up breaking up. And so not knowing what to do with myself, I decided that I was going to travel to the States. And so I headed south and stopped by First Temple in Cardston and then I proceeded to go to 15 temples in nine days. And I did sessions in each one of them. I'm not sure exactly how many kilometers for Canadians, miles for Americans I put on, but it was a lot. And at one point in time, I drove out of 36 hours, I drove 26 hours. But one of my stops was in the Salt Lake Valley. And uh, one of my favorite temples, Mount Timonokas, was one of the temples that I did a session in. As I look back, I don't remember all of the details of the temple. But I just remember how majestic it appeared as you you drive up to it. it it's very large in stature and just kind of uh, nestled in the valley, over, really looking up at the mountains. And I had, you know, an amazing session. And as I even did a little bit of looking back upon that trip and stuff. And it was interesting how uh, it wasn't a really great time in my life because of the change that I was going through. But there was a piece as I went on this trip that I felt in all of the temples, including Mount Timonogos. And one of the things that, as I look back, I realized that God was guiding me forward. I remember looking at at the notes and stuff that I had made and realizing that uh, the work that I had done inside the temple and serving others was really benefiting me. When I came back, even though I still hadn't figured everything out, it was a, a life-changing experience. So that was the first time that I had gone into uh, Mount Tibinogos. The second time was about uh, about five years ago. Uh, we were on a family trip down there, and my wife and I went to Mount Tibinogos. And things were very different from a standpoint of, you know, obviously I was married, had uh, figured it out. But just once again, just it's grand stature as you come up to it and it's just how majestic it is uh, impressed me and we had a great session Uh, just the feeling of being inside of it just was peaceful and having those very different experiences one being single you know having relatively recently uh, received my endowments because I joined the church in 1999 and this was February of 2001 so it you know, being relatively new, uh, new to the, uh, to being inside of a temple. And then the second time being married, having kids, and, uh, you know, really uh, being, I guess, more established as a, uh, as a, uh, a member of the church. 
just both experiences were different, but uh, what they had underlying was just the peacefulness that you feel inside of that, inside of that temple. Thank you for listening. We hope you've enjoyed and learned something new about the Mount Timpanogos Temple today. Temple Tours is a production of Mecco Radio. Jerrica Dennison and Claire Oser hosted today's episode. Special thank you to Daryl and McKenna for sharing their stories with us. This episode was written and produced by Jerrica Dennison. And I, Alex Williams, edited this program. The music we use includes Where I Find Rest by Sunwash. In the Clouds by Be Still the Earth, Wonderland by Midtro, Ray by Kevin Graham, Horizon by Cloudcover, Intro by Miles Kredic, and After All This Time by Ben Winwood. A full list of sources and credits can be found in the show notes. And we should note, this is not an official podcast of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Thank you for listening. We'll be back soon.